2: It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. Live from Milwaukee, it's Bart Winkler.
3: CBS Sports Radio, I am Bart Winkler. I'm the Bart Winkler Show alongside David Shepard, alongside Marco Belletti, alongside you wherever you may be this fine evening as we dip in to a whole new day of the week one day closer one day closer to the Super Bowl we are getting one day closer and then we're gonna be another day closer and then it's gonna be Super Bowl Sunday and then we're gonna have to wait all day and then we're gonna be like bored and then we're going to be like, I'm not watching the pregame. No, oh, that's dumb. And then we're going to turn it on by 1.30. I'm just going to sit there watching five hours of pregame. Then we're going to try to figure out, all right, where are we ordering from? And well, We don't want to order at the peak time, and then we're going to screw up an order at the peak time. And then you say, I'm not going to order. I'll just go pick it up. You go pick it up. The food's not ready. They never got your order. It's not that this has ever happened to me before. I'm, oh, I am looking forward see Saturday night. Now I was talking with my family. We were thinking of going out for a nice meal, but I don't want that to ruin. I'm I, cause I'm, I'm planning on pigging out on uh Sunday. I'm, I'm going to go for it. I want pizza and I want wings and I want the pizza from a pizza shop. And I want wings from a wing shop. I will go two different areas. Uh, I've been, so I was telling you about this, chef, but I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to inadvertent fast. It's intermittent fasting on accident. So I don't eat for like 16 hours in a row now during the week. I have dinner. And then uh, when, so if this show starts at 10 Eastern, I have dinner around seven Eastern. So I eat, uh, maybe nibble a few things, one last drink of soda, and then uh, come to work. Work, just have water, go home, try to fall asleep. Sometimes work, sometimes it doesn't. Then I wake up, and that's like sixteen hours. But there are a lot of drive-throughs on my way home that I gotta feel like I gotta hit because I'm. Uh, I feel the tummy rumbling tonight. But I'm, I'm, I'm doing good during the week, and then on the weekend, I get a little nasty about it. Ugh, Friday, I'm going to an NBA game, so I'm gonna. It's like an all-you-can-eat drink sort of thing, so that's gonna be a mess. Saturday, going out to eat. Sunday, it's the Super Bowl, so oof, I got a lot. I got a lot of. Uh, I got a lot of food that I want in this body. Um, this is an interesting Super Bowl for many different reasons. I think that both of these teams have gone through adversity in their respective seasons. More so the Chiefs than the Niners. The Niners did have that three-game losing streak. And Debo Samuel was out, and Trent Williams, their lineman, was out. And when Debo was out, that scared a lot of Niners fans during the game against the Packers because they tried to run some of those Debo-specific plays to some of the other guys, and it wasn't working. Not that those other guys aren't good, but when you practice reverses and jet sweeps with Debo all week, and then you try to run it with Jawan Jennings in a game on the fly, it's not going to work. And I'm not saying anything against Jawan Jennings. It's just like practice makes perfect. And it it's hard to do it with the other guy. So they had a three-game losing stretch. They lost to Cleveland. They lost to Minnesota. And they lost to Cincinnati. By week, turned it around, struggled on Christmas night. Eventually wrapped up the division. No problem against Washington. Lose to the Rams and nobody's playing. The adversity for them has come in the playoffs. Where they've had to battle back. And get lucky. Or better to be good than lucky. Or lucky than good. Or, you know, luck happens to people in the right positions, right? So their adversity has really come more recent. For the Chiefs, their adversity... Came throughout the season, like a good chunk of the season, and even when things were getting bad, Andy Reid never thought that his guys couldn't turn it around.
4: We had some drops, and that's really where it was related. Uh, And we were we were getting better, but we were play away, and uh, for that that catch and it seemed like it came down to that catch three or four games.
3: It really did. They had that game against uh, Buffalo. Remember, there was the Travis Kelsey. He threw it back, and then Kadarius Tony was offsides. Prior to that, there was a play. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling dropped a pass. Was that against the Eagles? They had a close game against the Eagles. The Packers, there was a play where it looked like MVS had gotten tackled and there was no pass interference uh, called. So there was a stretch there where the Chiefs, they played eight games and lost five of them. They lost to Denver 24-9. to This team lost to Denver 24-9. to They then beat Miami uh, overseas. They lost to the Eagles, beat the Raiders, lost to the Packers, lost to the Bills. Remember, Patrick Mahomes freaked out. Beat New England, and then lost to Vegas. Eventually, got right against Cincinnati. Um,
5: you know, didn't really play anybody against L. A. That was yeah. the Eagles. You're 100 right. That was the that was the crucial drop. Although he's known for crucial drops in his career, you know that all too well. He did that with the Packers.
3: Yeah, we're stunned about what's happening here.
5: And it's not even that
3: MVS is that good. He's just, or i, I shouldn't. That's not what I mean. It's not that he's like. He's not having games where he's eight for a buck 25, you know? What he's doing though, is he's catching the big plays at the big times. The whole thing that I thought was that him and Aaron Rodgers. So Marquez Velda Scantling was a Packer with Aaron Rodgers. I don't even know if this was a thing, but I would always describe them as having the worst deep pass chemistry of all time. They just couldn't figure it out. And I don't think Rodgers was to blame. I don't know how much MVS was to blame. I don't know if anyone was to blame or that Valdez-Scantling was just bad. But there were balls popping off his face. There were balls popping off of his chest. I mean, it was ridiculous. All these arms arms are right there. It was like he turned invisible for a second and the ball goes through him. And so that's why it is such a nice vindication for him. To make these catches at these big times, not just his whole career, but within the season, and they need somebody to step up. Like I, I think that I think Rasheed Rice, who was on the injury report, I believe he'll play, and Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Pacheco. They have they have these three guys that are going to make an impact in this game. They have to if they want to win. They've got three guys that are going to make an impact in this in this football game, I think they need to find one more. If they can find one more, perhaps the edge is this simple. If they can find one more guy to give them valuable catches, valuable yards, valuable first downs, if they can find one more guy, Sky Moore, getting activated off the IR, will it be him? Will it be Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Could it be someone like a Richie James Jr.? Could it be a Justin Watson or one of these other tight ends? The Chiefs, I think, need to find one more guy. The Niners have those guys. The Niners have Ayuk. They got Debo. They got Jawan Jennings. I mean, really, they're so good, Purdy could throw into double coverage. And like, he might have a 50-50 shot. Or he could just step back and say, "Ah, I'm just going to throw it, eyes closed. We'll see what happens. You might have a guy there. The Niners receivers, their weapons, very, very good. The Chiefs, They've got their playmakers. That's why it's still so incredible that they were able to win a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. Post-Tyreek Hill, they won a Super Bowl. And a lot of that was Travis Kelsey. And Kelsey's year was kind of shaky. There were some times it was a little shaky. And he's really stepped up these last few weeks. So they'll have him. They'll have Rice. They'll have Pacheco. I think they need one more of these guys. And they don't even have to make, like, again, they don't need, all these guys I'm mentioning, they don't need to have six catches for 75 yards. They just need someone to have the two opportunities when it's thrown to them, they need to make those catches and they need to make the plays. Because that's really where the wins and losses for Kansas City have come down to. But it's worked out for them. Kansas City playing on the road I think is maybe the reason they're here. Kansas City won a game at home, very cold against Miami. And then they go on the road, they go to Buffalo, the team that's finally happy that they're at home against them, and then they beat them. And then they're like, hey, this is pretty nice. Let's do it in Baltimore. And now they can look at this as a kind of hostile environment too. I think you'll see a pretty decent smattering of, of fans the flights aren't too long from either I think it's shorter from the Bay Area of course but if you want to get to this game you can get to this game and I don't know if Chiefs fans are like oh no I'll I'll get to the next one or I just went last year I don't need to go this year I'm not sure what the fan uh, situation is going to be like I did see one tweet on Monday at that media night I forget who did it I would really like to remember so I can rip on them but they were they were like. If tonight's any indication, it's going to be crazy for the Niners on Sunday. And they showed a group of Niners fans. And it was like 20 people. And I don't know if the guy was uh, making this as a joke or, or what. But it was, it was like, okay, let's let, a little bigger sample size before we start breaking down percentages. And how are we going to know? Everybody's going to be wearing red anyway. So we're not really going to know who's there to support who eight five five two one two four two two seven Dan's in Ohio what's up Dan
6: <clears throat> yeah I was just calling I don't know if it was this week or last week I get the, get the days mixed up. I remember you and chef chef Dave or um, whatever his name is Dave Shepherd. is that it
3: David Shepard oh yeah
6: yeah 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 I didn't, you were talking about Purdy you seem a little hard on the guy but I, I, I I'll give it I'll give you this. You did say he was good. I mean, like you said, I don't know how many times I want to say he's good, but you know, I watched that Browns game that started at three. Uh, I, I've said
3: it. I've said he's good a lot of times. I just didn't I say he was elite or a no, future I, Hall uh, of Famer. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Well, future Hall of Famer he really let, his, let his career play out. But anyway, I'm just saying. The, I hate the Browns. I'm a Steelers fan, so I watched every play of that game. I root against the Browns. like with a pass, I hate them. And um, <laughs> uh, that first game they, that started the three-game losing streak, they, he took him all the way down the field, uh, Purdy, on their last drive, which I think was only a couple seconds on the clock. That field goal kicker shanked. it. Oh, because yeah. It, you never know if that didn't happen, there would even be two more losses. Or at least if he made the field goal, that wasn't Purdy's fault. He drove them down the field. That's why I just wanted to make, make that comment. Because like, I was watching that game when McCaffrey got hurt in that game. Trent Williams got hurt, came back in, then he couldn't go. Hey, threw him back out. And McCaffrey, I think, tried with his oblique, and then he he couldn't go. And I think Debus, the animals got hurt in that game too, and he still drove him down the field, field with a couple seconds left. But I'm just saying, you never know. Maybe they, worse come the worst, they would have lost two if the field goal kicker got it. But I mean, you know, I just want to, I just want to put that out there.
3: No, I, I think that's a good point, Dan. And the poise on this guy is incredible. Like, even in the last few weeks, he lost to Baltimore. They were down against the Lions. And they were down against Green Bay. And I think if I if I name you another quarterback, if I just randomly name you a quarterback, I think you can, in your head, come up with an example or a play where you can picture them being mad. Or being frustrated, or being you know, dejected. Aaron Rodgers, oh my god, my memory overload. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I mean, you saw how frustrated he was in that AFC Championship game. Um, Patrick Mahomes, guy was complaining so hard to Josh Allen. What, what do you want, Josh Allen to say? Oh, you're right. That, that I didn't like that call either. You want to? We'll give you the game. You want to go? You want to go play another quarter? Brock Purdy, I, I don't know that there's been one moment. If there has, I haven't seen it, and it's been very well hidden from the rest of the America because I haven't seen one moment where the guys looked rattled in any way or even dejected or bummed or frustrated or, you know, sometimes you see a quarterback and they're like, well, I'm down 16. I'll, I'll take the ball, but we've lost this game. I, I don't see that look on his face, even down 24-7 at half. So, once again... Put another mark in the column for Bart giving Brock Purdy a great compliment. Uh, Please do. All right, Nixon, Maryland. What do you got, Nick?
0: Hey, I just wanted to say um, on Friday, probably the first segment of the 11 o'clock. Yeah? Negative. Just duke it out. Whatever, Whatever topic you're talking about. We were duking it out? No, no, just uh, Mr. Positive, Mr. Negative.
3: Oh, that's when you want it to happen?
0: Yeah, just like sometime, I don't know, Friday. Have that every week or something. That'd be nice.
3: Yeah, I would like those two to... Chef, uh... can we... Can you... I, I'm I'm an idiot. Can you put two people on the phone at the same time?
5: Do you know if you can do that? Yeah, of course I can. I'm screening call. Uh, say that, uh, who call. Nick, who do you want to be on the phone with?
3: No, 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 no. But, it, uh, like, next week, I want Dave in Miami and Mr. Positive on the air at the same time. Is oh, we that possible?
5: Could, we could, is that it, Yeah, is that your request? Absolutely. Is it Nick's request, too? Nick's Nick's requesting a time to have it happen. Oh, Nick, I, that's a good thought. I bark, yeah, we can we can absolutely make that happen. And I don't I dispute what Dave in Miami said, Mister uh, Mister Negativity. That's that's his self anointed name, not mine. For him, I happen to like Dave, but Greg's not an old geezer, man. Greg will stay up till eleven or twelve if the topic and content is relevant and pertinent enough. So we could definitely make this happen for sure.
3: All right, so I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna schedule a time, Nick. But <laughs> the next time that they're both like All right. In queue, I'll you know I'll 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 ask one and then I'll ask the other and then uh, if if they're both willing I'll put them on the air at the same time.
0: Speaking of Mister Positive, uh, today is not uh, one of his nights that he calls. That's uh, prayer.
3: <laughs> he has not called tonight. You are right. Thanks for keeping track. Uh, he has not called yet tonight. Anything it's else good, you uh, got, Nick? No, thank you. All right. Yep, Nick. Um, from Maryland.
5: One of his better calls.
3: Well, I'm always curious what, what Nick has to say and what he's up to. Uh, so it's good to talk to, uh, Nick. All 212 right, 855-212-4, cbs There was one former NFL coach, you know, like when a band or movie gets popular and, and people are like, oh, I, 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 I actually knew them a long time ago. Yeah, former NFL coach did that today. That's what I'm calling. We'll uh, hear from him in a moment.
2: 855-212-4227, CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Bart Winkler Show. Listen Monday through Friday, nighttime and nationwide, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern and 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Radio.
3: CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bart. That's Shep Marco Belletti coming up. Uh, Nick in Maryland had suggested a time. I wanted to have uh, Dave in Miami, who has called and talked about Greg in Michigan, these Guys have talked about each other, so I wanted to have them talk to each other. I got a message from Dave that he uh, normally doesn't catch the show on Fridays. And he also says, I don't want to talk to Mr. Delusional. I don't, I think he says I don't have interest. I don't know if that just means Friday or at all. So, hmm. Maybe Nick's, maybe Nick's, young Nick's dream won't come true. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I could always just sneak attack. You never know. Throw you on the air with somebody randomly. (laughs) I'm a a wild card. All right. Uh, Matt rule, Matt rule. He's coaching at Nebraska. Now he coached at Carolina for the Panthers. It did not go well. This is what happens when something gets popular. You want to take credit for liking it so that you seem popular. Oh God. Have you heard this band? Uh, no. what, What do you mean? Oh, they're like the number one seller. Number oh oh, oh that band. Oh yeah, I love. I, I'm gonna see him on tour. Uh, so now i now I think you're cool because the band's cool and and you discovered him first. I feel like that is what Matt Rule is doing. Uh, he was talking to the media in his Nebraska job, and apparently he's claiming that he was interested in Brock Purdy. Here's Matt Rule.
4: I think Brock Purdy is an amazing player because um, I played against him at Iowa State. When I was in the draft room at Carolina, I, I brought his name up. I said, hey, guys, you should be on the draft board. I got vetoed on that one. but um, uh, You can ask Coop. Uh, but I uh, I think, I mean, we used to tell guys when we were playing Brock Purdy, we are like, do not, do not fall for his pump fake, right, because Brock would come out, he'd pump fake. And first game, he gets, he's 10 yards down the field, pump fakes, our DBs are jumping. I'm like, guys, he's past the line of scrimmage. So well, a lot of respect for Brock.
3: All right, so here's my takeaway on that. Um, I think he's exaggerating a little bit, probably. I mean, you look great now. Oh, he wanted Brock Purdy. Oh, maybe Matt Rule's not so not so bad, because he coached at Baylor from 17 to 19, so they would have seen Iowa State where Brock Purdy went. Here's the thing that I'm, immediately I thought of: Matt Rule said, "Hey, we should put that guy on our board," and his other people in the war room said no. And Matt Rule was like, no, all right. Sure, okay. Meanwhile, I just read a story this week about how Kyle Shanahan essentially fought and begged for the Niners to take him with the last pick. No, Kyle, we, we'll get enough we have enough quarterbacks. No, take this guy. I'm telling you, at a fourth round grade, take him. Kyle, it's the last pick. We can we can just like call him and see if he wants to be a free agent. Well, so can 29 other teams. Get we have the opportunity to get a guy that I like that I want, so draft this guy. Matt rules, just like, uh, excuse me, um, would could we put Brock Pur- Purdy on the board? Matt, you only talk when you're spoken to. You're not gonna be here that long anyway, so shut up. And, and why don't why don't you help trade uh, McCaffrey to the Niners anyway? morons. Panthers. What are you doing? What are you doing? The the whole reason the Niners are in the Super Bowl is because the Panthers' ineptitude. Not taking Brock Purdy and training C- Christian McCaffrey. So anybody upset that the Niners are here, blame Carolina. Matt Rule. Matt, Matt Rule's... Matt Rule. <laughs> I'm doing two shows tonight. I'm doing two tomorrow, and then I got to hit uh, Toledo. So we got, the, we got the whole weekend booked. 855-212-4227, 212 cbs Rick is in Seattle. Hey, Rick.
0: Hey, what's up, y'all? I just wanted to say I hope the Niners win. I've been a fan since the 90s when I was in elementary school and saw Steve Young win, win the Super Bowl. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, I, it's going to be tough. I just hope it's not going to be one of those boring games like that uh, Rams-Patriot game that was like 13-3. to I'm hoping it's going to be better than what happened in that AFC championship where it was, I don't know, it seemed kind of, kind of boring, to be honest. But I'm hoping with, you know, Niners with all the offensive weapons, we're going to see a lot of touchdowns.
3: Yeah, all right, so you're pulling for the Niners. Do you think they're going to win?
0: I think so. I think so. I, I don't know for sure, but, you know. Hey, nobody does. Whole... <laughs> right? Vegas seems to believe it, but maybe not by that much with that minus two, but whatever. We'll see, man. Shout out to all the Niners fans out there, and thanks for letting me uh, share my hope that the, the Niners will win.
3: Hey, maybe just subscribe to uh... – <laughs> Thanks for the call. Subscribe to the thought. Just put it out in the universe. You know, sometimes when you wake up and you're like, ah, "I'm gonna have a bad day today." Guess what? You probably will. But if you wake up and you think you're gonna have a good day, you probably will also. Now, that's not 100 percent scientific, but I do think I do think it like is a good tiebreaker. Might sway the meter a little bit. The Super Bowls as of late have been all right. Last year's was really good. And then, you know, there's a penalty at the end of the game. That sucked. Rams and Bengals was decent. Uh, Buccaneers and Chiefs wasn't that great when Tampa won. Chiefs Niners wasn't... I don't really remember. How do you forget some of these games? Uh, the Patriots and Rams, that was a punt fest. That sucked. The Eagles and Patriots, that was a good game. I was actually in Vegas for that game. How about that? I was in Vegas for that game. Not this one, but that one. And I made a bet that the Eagles would win by at least six and a half points. And they won by eight, and I cashed a very healthy ticket. That's what I did. And then you say, oh, that's a great bet. Did you put it towards your kid's education? Did you put it towards your mortgage? I put it towards hitting on a 10, and then the dealer came up with 21. That's what I... That's what I put it on, doubling down. That's what I put it on.
7: Rich is in Chicago. Hey, Rich. Hey. Hey, Bart. Want to throw this out? It is relevant, I guess, to the Super Bowl in an kind of indirect way. I was I was telling Chef that uh, the emerging trend, which nobody's really talking about to the extent they probably should, is is really the recycled NFL coaches are going away. And I say that because I took a look at just the distribution of my by age. Of the 32 teams. Did you throw an is, AFL out there? Wow. No.
3: No. Did you say NFL no. or
7: AFL? NFL.
3: I thought you said AFL, meaning AFC. Okay. All right.
7: No, no. I've actually, uh, I, I grew up in Jacksonville. I actually saw AFL games. I'm that old. So now oh, wow. I'm going to, to forget those. <laughs> anyway, of co- the 32 coaches, how about this distribution? Eleven, Only 11 of the 32 are 60 and above. How about that? 21 are under 60? And I think more importantly, of that 21, seven, which is a third of that total, are under 40. So, you know, I think that explains why Carroll, Belichick, and Rivera uh, didn't get picked up and weren't really highly regarded. So, you, know, you read a little bit about, oh, yeah, they wooed these guys. I don't think so. They're going young. They're going young. And I think when when you look back, these recycled guys, and, and believe me, here in Chicago, as you know, we've had a lot of those. That's never worked out. But <clears throat> there's there's three guys in the history of the NFL that have had coached four teams. How about that? Four teams. It's kind of hard to do. You don't really see it. I think now. Three
3: guys have coached four teams?
7: Yep, you want to you want to take a guess? They're old school guys.
3: Oh man, Shep, you want to uh, help four. me with this one? Wait, don't Sh- tell us any. Schottenheimer would have to be one of them. Schottenheimer, correct. Who would he coach?
5: Browns, Chiefs, Washington, uh, Washington and Chargers. Next Chargers, four. Okay,
7: nice, nice catch, Shep. All right, who's the other two?
5: Um. Oh, we we know one, one of them is a Hall of Famer. Without question, Giants, Patriots, Jets, and Cowboys, the tuna.
7: Oh, Parcells? Yeah. That's right. Okay. All right. Now, who's the the third wheel? Um, Hard hard one.
5: I feel like – I I, was going to guess Norv Turner, but I think I'm short. That's a good one. Um, Good guess. I think I'm one short. I feel like Wade Phillips has coached everybody.
7: Uh, You got it. Yeah. three for three. Wow. David Shepard. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. I wow. I'm having a clap hey, soundtrack hey, hey, right Mark.
6: now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mark, I you?
7: What? You there? I yeah. Just, just for the record, Shep and I did not rehearse this when I was on hold. He got them all right.
3: Yeah, give me some hey. questions I can get next time. Although, I,
7: <laughs>
3: Schottenheimer escaped my mind. Well, Parcells. Yeah. uh. I told you, I'm intermittent fasting. I'm hungry. I can't think. Wait a minute. I got I to get some Wait, food. Wait, I'm glad
5: Rich brought this up for one second, Bart. It is an absolute travesty and an injustice that Marty Schottenheimer, the late, great Marty Schottenheimer, is not in the Hall of Fame, in all oh, seriousness. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a bleeping joke that with 200 career wins, this guy is not there. Nope. I wonder why. What, what are we keeping him out for? I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, the guy won every The guy won everywhere.
3: Everywhere, hey, hey, he won, uh, Rich, he, he won an AFL championship as a player.
7: Yeah, I'll tell you a quick story, of, if you have a minute, not even a minute, 20 seconds. The reason I know a lot about the AFL, uh, and Chef knows this, I'm a former college football player, but I grew up. My dad was military. I'm not from Jacksonville, but well, I grew up in Jacksonville. Uh, and they picked, back in the late 60s, high school kids to be ball boys for the AFL All-Star Game, which was played all four years in the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. So I got lucky as a 15-, 16-year-old. I was a ball boy for the AFL East, and I met Namath. Namath and all those crazy guys that, uh, all of them from from the Jets, they're smoking at halftime in the All-Star Game, and they're drinking (laughs) beers. Yeah, and I'm 16, and you think, You know, Namath was, like, my hero. He's sitting in the back of the room with two of his buddies smoking a cigarette and drinking beers at halftime. (laughs) Unbelievable.
3: Hey, that is pretty nuts, man.
7: Yeah, that's why I pulled for the NFL. All
3: right, Rich. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, see you. Hey, when we're talking about these teams uh, with Marty Schottenheimer, let's not forget the Virginia Destroyers of the – First iteration of what was called the UFL. Marty Schottenheimer coached the Virginia Destroyers to a 17-3 to win over the Las Vegas Locomotives in the 2011 UFL Championship game. How about that?
5: You didn't plan for this, but can I ask you a very quick question before we head to an update? Ah, uh, sure. Um, Julius Peppers, does he get in? First ballot?
3: Um... I don't like to speak of that name.
5: I understand that. Uh, He also played with the Bears. He also played with the Panthers. I I get it. Fair enough. Okay, Antonio Gates. Morgan
3: Burnett in the 2014 (laughs) NFC Championship game caught an interception that looked to seal the game and send the Packers to the Super Bowl. And then he was not tackled, but Julius Peppers ran in front of his face and told him to go down to the ground which then put the Packers out of field goal range, stalled their offense. And so, yes, there was an onside kick. There was two-point conversions. There was all that. But I blame Julius Peppers. So, is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know. I guess. He's done enough, right? I don't
5: know. Because those are, I mean, those are the guys that I think are first ballot. Um, I think Devin Hester, because, you know, that's going to be an interesting conversation. At what point does Devin Hester get in? Isn't he getting in this weekend? That's reports. Yeah, a um, lot,
3: of, lot of people are, are right. throwing that one out there. Right,
5: a lot of people, th- because they want it to happen, because he's such a good guy. Um, but I don't know if that's going to happen, because he's missed out on a few years now. But I'd say the ultimate shoe-ins have to be Antonio Gates and Julius Peppers, and I'm surprised that, again, we're talking about Hall of Famers. Marty Schottenheimer hasn't crossed over that line yet. God, Julius
3: Peppers. This is going to be the first of many. Lifetime ban from this show, Julius Peppers.
5: What happens if it gets in the Hall of Fame first ballot? Are you just going to congratulate everyone not named Julius Peppers? Uh,
3: I mean, like, I'll never have him on.
5: If Julius Peppers wanted to come on the Bart Winkler show, you're telling me you would deny him that opportunity?
3: I'm telling you, if I was at Radio Row right now and he sat down uh, at my table and said, do you want a quick five minutes, I'd say, get the hell out of here.
5: I don't believe that. Oh, I, I would. I don't believe you have gotten to this point of your career and you're turning down a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, I, w- I think I would. O.J. Simpson or Julius Peppers, who would you have on the show first? That's not fair. Okay. Okay. So, all
2: right. All right. So, there's levels to this. That's good. That's good
5: to know.
3: 855-212-4227.
2: It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. bart winkler show listen monday through friday nighttime and nationwide 10 p.m to 2 a.m eastern and 7 to 10 p.m pacific on cbs sports radio
3: cbs sports radio i'm bart winkler david Shepard. you just heard marco baletti 855-212-4227 talking to you far and wide tonight tony is in texas buddy
4: Bart, hey! Just got off of my job at Batteries Plus, and just been listening to you.
3: I should <laughs> great company.
4: Yeah, I should have got into hedge funds. You know these these owners. Uh, how I, wh- how do you get into hedge funds? Economic? I mean, take economics or these guys are. I don't know.
5: It. How do you get into any of that? Finance. So you you Finance? you go to Wharton, you go to Stanford, you go to Harvard, you intern somewhere, you become an analyst for a few years, then you work your way up to partner, then it's managing partner. Um, and Whoa, is this, you, you watch like a movie, like, how do you know all this? Well, you guys are pretty smart, too. It's just an area that I knew I wanted to go into at one point because I wanted to own a team at one point.
3: You wanted to go into finance because you wanted to own a
5: sports correct, team? Correct. Yes. <laughs> wow. I, I wanted to own the Knicks when I was young. You did? Absolutely. And now you're producing for me? Well, I also host. <laughs> 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 Hey, Tony can attest to this, man. Working at CBS Sports Radio ain't half bad. Hey, follow uh, your dreams, right? Follow your dreams. Yeah, thank you, Greg.
7: Well, so you
3: took your how- pass. See, this is this is what's so crazy. Shep was going to have to go through all that knowledge, Tony. And all I had to do was pay 300 bucks, and now I own a team, the Packers.
4: Hey, and Shep, I mean, what's the difference between that and donating to your favorite university?
3: What owning the Packers, <laughs> Honestly, Tony? I mean, it keeps the Packers <laughs> in Green Bay. You know that.
4: I, I know, but Shep, but Shep doesn't understand that. It's I mean, I have you know stock too. Put in air quotes, but right. It, it is. I think it is pretty cool, and anyone that's not a Packer fan, I think most of them do like. Think it's kind of cool too. I mean, you can't tell me that Cowboy fans wouldn't want to get rid of Jerry Jones right now. They they would.
5: By the they, way. They did you guys uh, sorry to cut you off the turn. Did you guys hear uh Pollard on with McAfee? Did you hear his comments about Dan Quinn?
3: Yeah, he found out live on their show that Dan Quinn was the coach of the Commanders.
5: What does it tell you about wow. the Dallas Cowboys that their <laughs> featured running back a week later is finding wow. out on live TV for the first time that they're losing one of the prominent figures in the coaching staff? What does that tell you about where Dallas is at? <laughs> What more do you need to know about how they're going to be average again when it matters most? In the I, postseason. I mean, next I year? never
3: check my Odyssey email. I never check the work how email. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't get a work email. How call.
5: do you not know that? It's what, Tony had
3: the ball
4: though in his defense. Yeah. No pun
5: intended. Tony, but then but then he goes on four minute again. He goes on a four minute diatribe about how much they're going to miss Dan Quinn. So he can't have it both ways. He could have just said that if that's the case. But he was going on to say how much Dan Quinn means to the team and how much well, of a leader Pollard's he is.
3: excuse was he was watching movies and playing with his kids.
5: There's got to be some kind of confirmation and email, some kind of meeting where you know you're losing one of the three most important figures, at least on the coaching side of the football.
3: Who are they going to hire? Why didn't they hire anybody yet? I don't know. Maybe Tony. Like, like, like they keep saying, "Well, Wink Martindale, the latest name." Okay, Tony, what, what, what do you got? What, did, what'd you call about?
4: No, I mean you're talking about ownership. I mean, by the way, Shep, yeah, Gates and Julius Pep Don't bring up Julius Peppers to, to Bart.
3: <laughs> Thank you. I
4: mean, PTSD, I mean, why why don't we just get Brandon Bostic while we're at it, Shep?
3: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. On the show.
4: And also, you know what's underrated about that collapse part? Hate to bring this back up. Is that after the Seahawks scored, they got the two-point conversion afterwards.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I left the room during that play. I went outside. I took a walk around the block because I didn't want to know what happened. I was hoping that I was going to come inside, find out that it was missed because this was awful. And then I learned that we were going to overtime. And then I didn't – I've never seen that play. I've never seen that play.
4: Yeah, these Packer losses are like Greek tragedies. Like, And they'll have a big play, like the Burnett interception, and then Julius Peppers tells them to go down. That's,
3: that's why I feel for Lions fans, because they got this one, but we got like seven yeah. of them. And, yeah, one was a week before yours also. I mean, that was another one. We, so. we have
4: a novel. They just have a little book. We have like – Bobby Dick. We have this huge novel of yeah. tragedies where War and where peace. you think you got it. Like uh, even that 49er game in Green Bay uh when they didn't score many points, they stopped the 49ers on 4th and 1. And they, they did people
3: people do forget. People do forget. They,
4: you know, Joe Barry gets fired, but uh they you know, Joe Barry did get fired, but uh bart you know, the reason I was calling though is you know, we we're talking about the ownership and I my dad was a huge Oakland A's fan. I don't know if it's because they were good in the 70s, but, um, you know, seeing the A's move potentially, and I'm thinking of some of these owners, and I think Mark Cuban gets a pass down here. A lot of people like Cuban, but he just bailed out too. And I'm like, what did Cuban really deliver? He got a championship, but I, I see these owners. I, I just, I- it kind of bothers me, man. Did he, when we ever find out why
3: he sold? Did he lose his money in Bitcoin or something?
4: I, I think there's something to that. I, it's got to be some kind of, like, cash flow issue. Hmm. And I I don't know. And I do know some – what's that game show he has?
3: He's on Shark Tank.
4: Shark Tank, yeah. I, I was at a place of business, and they said that they won the Shark Tank contest, and Cuban never invested when he said he was going to invest. I just thought less of him after that. Really?
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, so I, I just – don't trust these owners. That it, it, it is, I don't know. It just bothers me, man. But I gotta respect like the guy from from the Clippers, what Steve Ballmer. I know he's got fu money, but he's building his own arena. He's not asking for any help.
3: Yeah, I mean, not not every owner is evil. Well, Tony, thanks, buddy. Good to talk to you.
4: All right, Bart. Have a good night.
3: And Not every owner is like evil. I mean, some a lot of a lot of these guys more recently. Do deserve a lot of credit because the whole reason they buy is to keep a team there. The new Orioles ownership they have roots in Baltimore, and so they want to stay there. So I think there's, you know, when that kind of stuff happens, if you've got a local guy that's got enough money, uh, in Wisconsin, we just lost Herb Cole, who was a longtime Bucks owner, and like the reason that the the Bucks didn't move is because he would not sell them. It looked like he was going to sell them to Michael Jordan for a while, uh, I believe. Paul Allen, we mentioned him, but he wanted to buy him and uh move the team to Seattle. At one point, I think that is that sounds true. But so some of these guys, you know, they do protect the asset and they do realize what it means to the city. And that's what we were talking about a little bit earlier with the whole Oakland A's and Las Vegas and the mayor had said some stuff today, the Las Vegas mayor basically giving giving in in one answer, she gave more Acknowledgement to the passion of the A's fans than John Fisher uh, ever could have dreamed of. And because like, he's like, he doesn't talk. You can never talk to him. You can never, like, interview the guy. At least some of these other owners, they go to the game. Yeah, they might have a security guy sitting by him, but you can, like, look at him and be like, Hey, Ballmer, you suck! Or you can be like, Hey, man, can I get a picture? Like, you can you can interact with them. It's not like they're running from you. Alright, we'll talk more Super Bowl. Super Bowl 58 coming up, as you would expect. Um I am going to fill out a uh, there's no way to tease this. The segment will be fine. Teasing it's not gonna it's not gonna sway anybody to stay what I'm gonna do next. Which actually kind of became a decent tease. Hmm. How about that one? CBS Sports Radio.